0: Welcome to Monday Mentor, a Write Medicine podcast series where we dive into practical strategies in CME content development. I'm your host, Alex Housen, and today we're tackling a critical issue that affects us all in the CME CPD field, plagiarism. Not for the first time, an education provider who works with freelance writers recently mentioned to me that occasionally they'll come across CME content. That includes statements or sentences that are lifted wholesale from the reference source without attribution. And I've seen it myself when I've reviewed past needs assessments or other materials to support content development. This is plagiarism. It's a word that carries a lot of weight, but what exactly is it? The word plagiarism is derived from a Latin word, plagiarius, which means kidnapper. In the context of text, we can see plagiarism as word theft. The World Association of Medical Editors defines plagiarism as the use of others' published and unpublished words and ideas or other intellectual property without attribution or permission and presenting them as new and original rather than derived from an existing source. So when we think about plagiarism, we probably most often think about using someone's work without giving them any credit, like word-for-word copying of text without appropriate attribution and quotations. The American Medical Association's style guide defines this type of plagiarism as direct plagiarism. And Retraction Watch catalogues papers that have been published and then retracted from peer review journals as a result of plagiarism detection. And if you're not familiar with Retraction Watch, you'll find a link in the show notes. It's free and it's definitely worth subscribing to. So this kind of direct plagiarism is, is pretty common. But there are other forms of plagiarism, like paraphrasing. When the writer simply restates the original text using different words or new vocabulary, swaps words with synonyms, or rearranges sentences without attributing the original source. This is a common form of plagiarism in college essays and assignments, and I'm guessing it's probably the most common type of plagiarism in CME as well. But it's worth bearing in mind that paraphrasing is often inadvertent, and we'll get to reasons why this might be so in just a moment. Other forms of plagiarism include mosaic plagiarism which involves using a pastiche of original and purloined phrases. Text recycling is essentially self-plagiarism, where the writer is, or the author, is pulling in previously published text into a new document or article, as well as graphics plagiarism and citation manipulation. The American Medical Association 11th Manual of Style includes a very helpful visual diagram of types of plagiarism, and I'll include a reference to that in the show notes. To be sure, developing original material can be a heavy lift, especially in areas of CME where there's content saturation. After all, how many different ways can you develop a needs assessment on atopic dermatitis? and make it really fresh and lively for the reader. Some would argue there are lots of ways you can do that, but that's a topic for another time. Results from a survey published in the American Medical Writers Association Journal in 2019 also reported that practitioners who write CME needs assessments identified multiple instances of plagiarism, especially paraphrasing, and producing needs assessments that are pastiches of previous. Needs assessments. In the simplest terms, then, plagiarism isn't just copying text. It's the theft of ideas or material without proper credit. It's cheating. So, why does plagiarism occur, and how can we spot it as editors and reviewers of content and avoid it as writers? Let's look at the academic literature on this topic first, because plagiarism is a front and centre problem for academia and a violation against academic integrity. And we can learn a lot from what drives plagiarism, how to detect it and how to avoid it from this literature. First, let's look at plagiarism drivers. One driver of plagiarism is lack of awareness that plagiarism is actually a thing. In academia, this is barely an excuse because warnings about academic integrity are pretty much everywhere. And similarly, I'd argue that in CME, we should all be aware of the potential for plagiarism and the reputational damage that it confers. Second, and I think this is probably the most common, but I'd be really interested to hear what your perspective is poor writing process or research management is another factor that drives plagiarism. It's very easy to simply copy and paste text from a website or an article into a Word or a Google document, and then forget to rewrite it. It's easy to do this when we're in the research phase of a project, whether it's a needs assessment or content for an education activity. And I'll come back to this in a moment. Pressure to publish is also a driver of plagiarism, obviously in academia, but I think it can be a driver in CME too, where there's pressure to develop needs assessment and other types of content in volume. If you're a writer who's working with different clients on similar topics, it should go without saying that recycling content from a needs assessment on, say, acute coronary syndrome for one client to a needs assessment on that topic for another client is absolutely verboten. But it probably happens, and so I'll say it anyway. Don't do that. Not only is this a form of plagiarism, but the work you create for one client, if you're contracted as a writer for hire, is Proprietary. Cultural differences and differences in language skills are a fourth reason that can contribute to the lack of awareness about what plagiarism is and pose a barrier to avoid it. Fortunately, guidance exists for education providers and writers on how to detect and avoid plagiarism. First, there are some indicators of plagiarism to be aware of, like discrepancies in language quality mismatched reference numbers, and even historically inaccurate journal references. Deborah Weber-Wolf, a professor of media and computing at the HTW Berlin University of Applied Sciences, points to style shifts, misspellings, font changes, or underlined words as possible indicators of plagiarism. These types of things suggest the text has been pasted from its original source. Or worse, from Wikipedia. Professor Weber Wolf also suggests that doing a spot check with an internet search engine using three to five words from a paragraph can uncover copy and paste jobs. And tools like Grammarly also include a very simple to use plagiarism detection function. Microsoft Word also has a baked in function to help you spot indicators of plagiarism. Julia Sanford Cook of Wordfire Communications she's an advanced member of the Chartered Institute of Editing and Proofreading, wrote a blog on 10 signs of possible plagiarism in non-fiction work. She recommends that if you're a reviewer of a writer's work and you're working in Word, the first thing to do is to turn on invisibles. You can click the return tab on your Word Home toolbar, and this will help you identify content that might have been copied from the internet. And I'll include a link to the blog in the show notes. But red flags include random and irrelevant hyperlinks that Invisibles uncovers that might be hidden by reformatting. Other red flags include the inclusion of both UK and US style spelling and punctuation. So, for instance, using both I S E and I Z E at the end of a word, and also a change in style or tone. So if you're writing content, there are some tricks you can use to avoid plagiarism. First, the absolute baseline is to make sure that you fully reference any manuscript text and or images that you use in your work. This will ensure that you're acknowledging the contributions of the authors whose work you're reading and using to support your work. And in episode forty eight of Write Medicine I share some ideas about how to manage your research and tools for tracking notes, ideas and sources to make sure that this type of inadvertent plagiarism doesn't happen in your work. If you really need to use the original words, quote the material and identify the material as quoted material by using italics, indents or quotation marks and of course cite the source. Of course, the best way to avoid copy and paste plagiarism is by avoiding copy and paste. Natasha Dast and her colleagues recommend that instead of lifting entire paragraphs from an original source, read, digest and then rewrite what the material means in your own words. And that's true. But it's worth pausing for a moment to consider why writers might use copy and paste in the first place. I think the first has something to do with being unable or afraid to express or translate the ideas of others into our own words. And that's sometimes one reason that we might feel really tied to the original text. And I absolutely get this. In CME, it's really important to anchor content to evidence and support the claims that we're making. And sometimes it can be challenging to do this without simply recycling the author's words. But I've personally found that I do my best writing when I let go of those words and find another way to describe the information I'm trying to absorb. After all, we're not in the business of simply restating or redescribing information. We're trying to build a story for a needs assessment or an education activity. So I try to write as though I'm telling a friend what I've learned. And this filter helps me shift away from the original words into something that serves what is essentially going to be a different story. And this tactic helps me to create some distance between the original source and my own retelling of it. There are other reasons for using cut and paste. For instance, sometimes I will cut and paste content as a placeholder for an idea that I want to include but I know that I'll need to do some more work on it to make it mine and and make it fresh and integrate it into the flow of the narrative. And in this type of use case, I'll make sure to mark the content as verbatim. I'll highlight the text in usually yellow or pink and include the original source citation as well as a comment that I insert to remind me what I thought was valuable about the cut and paste content. And that Comment insertion is just another check and balance to make sure that I go back and revisit that content and make it mine. And if you do struggle with language, seek help or use tools like spell checkers, grammar checkers, and online dictionaries. Grammarly, I think, as I said earlier in the podcast, includes a plagiarism detector that can help you double check for those cut and paste instances that you forgot to rewrite. That's all for today's episode of Monday Mentor. On Wednesday, author Ben Lewin joins me to talk about his new book, Inside Science, which challenges the traditional view of science as an objective, self-correcting process. In the meantime, connect with me on LinkedIn and subscribe to Write Medicine Insider for CME and CPD and podcast updates. Thanks for listening and remember, in the world of medical writing and CME, Your integrity is your most valuable asset.